Sorry, just watching. It's footy and frothies, everyone. Just watching Barney try and turn the camera on because we haven't had one for a well, bit. You have to press it two times, three times. Fucking hell. Come on. This is shoot and click business, mate. <laughs> it's footy and frothies, right? Great game. So, Telly once more to talk about all things National Rugby League. That uh, conversation will probably be more entertaining and at least five match reviews we're going to get through tonight. But uh, anyway, yeah. here we are. There's some footy on the weekend. Uh, Barney, mm. how are you? Oh, close gripping round of football, man. Mm. I couldn't tear myself away from mm. That's mm. more my problem than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you hum, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it what? Mm. Yeah, a few blowouts. Some, some um, very poor performances mixed in with a couple of really brilliant ones from different players. Yeah. So have a look at all that, I guess. I I'm going quite well myself. How, how about you, Daggy? Yeah, I'm all right. Just whacking away. Doing what you got to do. Just another another plodding day through life, I suppose. <laughs> Oh. Working, kids, that sort of thing. Ollie, you're yeah. looking fresh. Oh, well, thank you. Well, um, today I went to write my Eulogy? esteemed oh. notes. <laughs> Why and, was that uh, the first thing that came <laughs> to my head as well? <laughs> anyway. Because I'm going to die. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I went to write my esteemed notes. I literally did Penrith and the Rabbitohs. I had a look at the Cowboys. Like, I went through and actually had a look at the stats for all these foggings, and I could not come up with anything other than the obvious, anything other than the obvious, like like I, I was saying to you guys off camera as well, that the teams that won by a lot, there wasn't like a poor performance at all. Every player just seemed to be on, and um, for the opposing side, there weren't really any standouts. Like not even like an individual who was de- like even decent. Maybe there are a couple of average performances at best. Players who were sort of inconsequential, but. Yeah, so the um, I've only got the notes for one game for this one, but I feel like I wouldn't have been saying much anyway. So, good job. Uh, well, let's just run through some news. And remember, uh, Tom Dearden busted a nut. He's out for four weeks. Poor bugger, uh, with a ruptured testicle. Uh, as is Tyron Wishart, who's got syndesmosis, be out for a large chunk of the next month. Uh, Kurt Capel rolled his ankles out for a week. Is the main injury news? Judiciary news out of the Dragons game. Uh, Mbai's out. Looks like he's gonna be out for the season, and Molo four to five weeks, depending what he gets from his uh, send off on the weekend. James Tamo's been well. He's going to contest it, but looks like he's up for a couple of weeks there um, to end his NRL career essentially. So we've been said. I actually wouldn't mind seeing the Tigers sign him for one more. I think he's been pretty good this year, but uh, we'll see what's on the cards and how. Mr. Sheens is taking to all of that, I suppose. Anything to add on anything? Yeah. Well, just with the the Tamo, I guess, contesting the suspension, would this be happening if he was in any other scenario other than no. it's going to end, be end his NRL yeah. career? Because re- so. realistically, like, I can't see how you would overturn that. And realistically, like, it's if pretty if cut and dry. Like, right there, he said it. And if you're, if you're supposed to be protecting the officials, which they should yeah. be... Yeah. Um, yes, you shouldn't be going easy, yeah. but you know. Again, we'll I understand. You know, now, I understand his frustration. Freaking world, yeah. they'll probably let him off with a week and let him play. So who knows? Wouldn't surprise me. The fact that he went back for a second crack's probably the biggest indicator yeah. that he's gonna get get the two weeks, and they'll just rub him out. I'm with you too. I'd I'd like to see someone pick him up. But surely he's better than quite oh, a few t- front rowers we saw running been, around over the weekend. He's so. been in our top three forwards for the year. So he's been like, good. I, I think he's and if given he's on the card, he'd probably play for another year for three hundred. Like, 
Yeah, absolutely. He'd probably um, pay for minimum, yeah. really. Like, what minimum of 125 or whatever it is. Like, what? Well, <laughs> I'd yeah. take I've 125 not, um, to go run around and get beaten up every like, weekend. I think yeah. I, I, if I was a Tigers, I would offer him another year. Well, I've not um, seen anything, but a uh, friend of the show, Steve Chester, was saying on Saturday night that apparently he's not signed with anyone yet, but he's come out and said he's going over to England next year. I think so he's I sizing up his that. options. The last yeah. comment I heard from him was basically, if he doesn't get another NRL contract, that'll be it. So yeah, oh, okay. I don't think I he wants to take the family over. For one spot, I don't think he wants to take the family over to England. To be honest, mate, he's pretty. I think he just still lives so here. I think he yeah, still lives in Glenmore. So well, um, interesting because with, with Chester, obviously, the president of uh, Amy Plains Junior Rugby League Club, I believe, Tamo's one of the tra- yeah, yeah one of the trainers. So I don't know if he mentioned something to him. Or like I said, of all the players in that fucking gosh forsaken heck hole, he's one I would give another year to just to. Give a bit of leadership and you know something there. And he's been he has just been to good. torture him a bit more, eh? Yeah, um, he's he has, he deserved better than what he got in his three hundredth, and he deserved better than that. But we'll reflect on James Tarmo's career. Front rowers, um, mate, they love the torture. That's <laughs> that's yeah, their that's bread true. and butter. They just get belted yeah. up every week. Uh, any other news? Do we have anything else? I not even paying um, attention. I don't think there's been a lot come out after this yeah. weekend, to be honest. Jack Jukes speaking to Chad Townsend on the screen right there. Uh, so we don't need to plug other shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Julie Robinson who scored uh, for the Brisbane Broncos mm. as we uh, Off the back tipped. of yeah, your... Um, I don't even know who won that game, I'll be honest. Probably... Not, New, no, Newcastle won. They were steamrolling them last I looked, yeah. Anyway, we may as well talk about this. 26-22 <laughs> kicked off the round with um, probably, I guess it has to be the game of the round. Uh, the Bunnies against Penrith. Uh, I... Stats, Barn, I think um, both teams can take enough out of this game so you'd be quietly confident somewhere along the line. But yeah, two teams that ish. played decent footy and it's the game of the rounds. <laughs> what do you say? Only because I think because it was so competitive. But, um, yeah, we had four tries apiece, two out of four conversions for South and three out of four for Penrith. One out of one penalty attempts for South and two out of two for Penrith. 71% completion for South, 84% for Penrith. 28 out of 39 sets, played 32 out of 38. 300-plus running metres for Penrith. Eight line breaks to four in the way of Souths. 26 tackle busts to 30. Eight offloads to 12. One force dropout to two. A 40-20 from the Panthers. 350 tackles, played 335. One ruck infringement to three. Zero inside the 10s from both sides. Five penalties conceded from both teams. 13 errors by Souths, nine by Penrith. Cook made 58 tackles. Yo with 45. Campbell Graham with 166 running metres and Dylan Edwards with 187. Ilias missed five tackles, made 14. And Kikau missed six and made 32. He's missing more tackles than I've noticed recently, mm. last couple of weeks. Uh, Latrell with 105 supercoach points. Alex Johnson with 99 and Liam Martin with 91. Let me just start with this. Like, fucking death threats to football players. What mm. the hell is going on, mate? There's some people that really need to get a grip on their life and sort out what's important. You know the worst thing about it is, is it's probably to do, apart from being result-related, it, it, there's every chance it's going to yeah. do it with a fucking yeah. multi. Or like, a super cage. Sort of fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, don't you, how bad do you think that kid feels? Like, realistically, <laughs> he was the reason they lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> he bombed probably three scoring opportunities. Yeah, so I'll get off the table. Like, realistically, he's the pop player of the week. Yeah, you I mean, know what I mean? Not, like, he's the only one this week. But. He made some horrendous errors at really bad times in scoring positions, and the bloke probably feels horrible as it is, and then you start with this bullshit. Like, and the, the people that are doing it wouldn't, wouldn't be able to probably kill a fly, let alone kill anything else. Be and, lucky to like, find a door out of their mum's basement. <laughs> <laughs> they'll sl- they'll sleep on the Cheeto and, dust on the floor. <laughs> 
I absolutely hate it. Man. It's, yeah. so there needs to be some sort of way of fucking finding these people and giving them, you know, something, a fine, some sort of fucking, you know. Well, it's... needs to be some sort of compensation. Oh, I've got to update my broadcast for my sound effects. Bullshit, but, yeah. but I mean, it's even worse, like, after what's obviously happened over the past couple of weeks mm. and I guess the emphasis on mental health and everything, not only that, but... I was thinking about it. Actually, and I get it's 100% right, Ollie. Yeah. I'll let you finish your point. But we we want to champion mental health around. Social media is such a fucking cancer to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, it and, is. and if they're not going to do something about this, then like I, there are players that name and shame all of them. Like, fucking put them up there and let, let them yeah. sort themselves out. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, well, I was going to say, and again, it could obviously and probably is due to people betting on the game and such of it as well, but it's how... How can someone be, and I guess we're, we're talking on a footy podcast as we do every week, so we're pretty, pretty passionate about the game, right? But how can you be so, how can you let it affect you so personally, a sport, something that is meant to be entertainment? It is entertainment. That's why it's televised. That's why people go and watch it. How is that meant to impact you personally so much that you want someone to die? I just don't get it. Have you followed the Tigers all of <laughs> People just don't have but their own self-fortitude, mental fortitude no, and right, strength yeah. to be able to control themselves. They've obviously gone out and gone way too hard with their bet for the weekend yeah. and then it's fucking blown up in their face and they've got to find someone else to blame rather than taking responsibility for their own shit. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the lowest of the low. And, and you know, they, you, I could almost fucking stereotype them. They'd be 18 to 25-year-old white males who wait, wait shit their stink. Shit, their stink don't think. <laughs> stink, their shit don't stink. Sorry, I, I, I doubled down on my. They're probably give it to me now. Uh, they don't get life geeks. I have yeah. had my geek of the week music on this. Annoyed. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, it's entertainment. Try following the Tigers. Um, yeah, this game, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was an entertaining game of footy. Yep. It was back and forth. Uh, I struggled to come to terms with the. Uh, well, let's let's open up where it started. The, um, ooh, that opened up there. The um, bunnies were tremendous down at both edges. They just tore Penrith's outside mm. backs to bits uh, on the back of early ball. And as Barney forecast and said is the issue, the, uh, not the issue, the uh, the template to beat Penrith, early ball and kicking uh, early, turning around, turn around yeah. and getting coming and then spreading early, gets them out of their comfort zone. That's exactly what happened. And then the edict from Dimitro at... Half time was he'd like to see them go, go back, back through, through the, middle, the middle, which yeah. made no sense in the world. And then they it was a completely different game of football. It was baffling. Like, it was baffling to watch. Um, on Paulo, obviously we'll get the elephant out of the room first. Um, I mean, Paulo bombed in fairness a hat trick, mm. um, but they could have been leading twenty eight by they could be leading by twenty at half time if they were playing any good. And they should have come out and played the same way. They didn't. I think it cost them the game. I hope they go back and re and and just reanalyze and realize like. I think Demetrio, I think there's a thing where footy coaches go, right, we've got them strapped, let's go back to basics and actually beat them. Whereas I, that's not how you're going to beat Penrith. We've, I've said it time and again. You've said, there's you've times got to, be to go back to the middle against Penrith, but it's only for 10 or 15 minutes spurts. Yeah. And it's when you've and really got them on the back Harris foot and you've got them scrambling. Them, yeah. And then you try to put a few dents back in the middle and then you start going to the edges again. It's <laughs> you, can, you can see like they've only been beaten a handful of times and every time it's happened, it's been the same. And any team that's gone close to them has played the same blueprint. Mm. Like it's so I, I can't make sense of that. Um I think South will take enough out of this game where they hopefully can reassess and think they can still win. Uh, but 
they they were good enough. I thought they were, I thought the second half was in a way disappointing. I thought they mm. lacked a bit of intensity, and then they went away from what was working. Elias was. Was horrible. Go- was <laughs> this was horrible. Yeah, okay, that's a fair way to say it. Um, and Walker was slightly better, but yeah. Walker Walker riffs off Littrell. Like that's a, a package deal there, and they get the most out of each other. But look, I thought South. People say Penrith are the strengths, but I thought South was slightly disappointed in the second half. I think Absolutely. if you can take what you can take out of forty, you can have enough optimism that there's something there. But yeah, everyone's going to tell us who's missing for Penrith and blah blah blah. But the outside edges are going to be their finals outside edges, and that's where the cracks are, and that's where teams have to have to target. Uh, I'll hand over to you, Barn, and you can tell all this stuff much more articulately. Yeah, as you mentioned, good, tough, competitive game of football. Oh, I thought South created a hell of a lot more opportunities. As you mentioned, Ilias had uh, a pretty poor game, and by the end of the game, Cook was going out of his way to make sure he missed him on most of opportunities <laughs> coming out of dummy half, which probably tells you a bit of what was going on. Um, you mentioned, like... Half the opportunities that they made were were cruel, and you know, poor Jackson Paulo had one of his, the worst games of his life in his hands. <laughs> he put his feet on on the end of his arms, and he, yeah, he was dropping balls everywhere. But um, I thought the Penrith bench was probably where they got away with this game. With um, Appy coming in off the bench, and he was absolutely fantastic. Um, you. He he created a lot when he was on there. Penrith didn't really sort of take a couple of their opportunities as well, which would come up directly off the back of Appy. Um, South probably had the, the stronger contributions in the forwards, like overall. They had more players put up for longer minutes than what Penrith did. But Penrith had two of the standouts in the game, and it was Yo and Liam Martin, and they were fantastic yep. in the forward pack for, for Penrith. Absolute standouts in the middle of the game. Um and, and what we've said about Paulo, and yes, people will be screaming, yes, Liam Martin bombed two tries as well. Also, so yes, yes. You've got, you've got to obviously mention that in the same breath, but carry on. Sorry. And um, he just, you know, obviously he gets a lot more opportunities to have an impact with more touches of the ball and more defence than what um, young Paulo does. But um, I think this game sort of boiled down to a more controlled performances out of the Penrith halves. They were by no means fantastic, but what they did was generally uh, pretty controlled and consistent. And. Um, the consistency of their spine with Dylan Edwards, he had a massive impact coming back again. I know he doesn't tear the field apart c- consistently, but he's always in the right spot. He's always, you know, pass- he generally picks the right time to pass or when to run, and I thought he had a quite a strong performance coming back. Um, Totolo, Keon, Murray, Arrow, mm. the Blakes we mention every week for Souths, they were really good in the middle of the field. Um, the back rowers... Uh, sorry, the back line mi- minus Paulo and Ilias were pretty strong as well for Souths. And I really thought this was a game, this was their game to win. And um, they, they sort of gave it back to Penrith at the back end of the game. But um, Taylor May and Critter were, were really good in the outside backs for Penrith. And um, yeah, we pretty much mentioned the rest of them for Penrith. So. Uh, Critter was pretty good, actually. He was, it's his best game in a while. Uh, that said, he's not, he's still not. He's not the one who doesn't really tear it apart. He's but not. Um, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, I know. He's, he's not, strong ball in hand, and he's, you know, he's, he's a very, very good. First doesn't make a lot of prob- uh, defensive bad reads, so he's generally always. Pretty he's just good, a yeah, so. he's just a good player. I don't, you know, like I said, like I said last week, I wouldn't be bending over backwards to try and re-sign him on seven. I thought Campbell really. Graham on return as well was yeah, yeah, really, really good for yes, South. He was. So. Well, I thought um, terms defensively, really, Isaac Tago really stood out for me. I thought he was awesome in defence, um, especially in, in that first half. He was probably the, he did the key man down. who yeah, did. you know actually sort of 
didn't control that South Sydney onslaught on the edges because it was still very much there, but he was the one who was sort of at least lessening the burden um, to an extent. And I think as well, if not for some of his defensive efforts, South Sydney might have been up by a little bit as well. Uh, but I was a bit surprised at the start of the game, you guys have brought it up, but how South's decided to actually not stick with what's worked over the past month because probably other than Latrell Mitchell, their strongest point of attack has been through the middle, has been through their forward pack. So I was surprised to see them go to the edges and obviously it worked out for them and then they sort of went back. I'd be interested to see how they would have went if they had really just gone through the forwards from the start um, and just kicked on with it as well because I don't think Penrith's forwards overall were as dominant as they've been in the past. But but by the time, yeah, you do make that change and then you do start to go through the middle a bit more in the second half after you've been going towards the edges for the whole game. It's sort of starting starting new, starting afresh. So I, I, I could sort of see why it didn't work from that standpoint. But, um, yeah, I was a little surprised they didn't go that way and they didn't keep going to the edges um, after half time, to be honest. But for me, Yo was probably best on field. I think close to it, I'd say followed by Martin. And then for me, Tago, just from what he was able to do in defence with that South Sydney onslaught. I think I'd give Liam Martin three here and almost Appy two and um, Yo one in, in my humble. But and that's being very harsh on the troll, so no, I won't do that. <laughs> Aban, what were your thoughts? I had Appy as three. I thought well, um, I just so. about every time that they got on the front foot and started making ground, it was off the back of his work out of dummy half. Uh, and then I had Yo because he was playing more of the link man with the passing game than either Sullivan or um, or the other fellow, Salmon. Um, I thought he he really controlled the ball. Especially the ball early playing second half. He basically was playing first receiver. For the, for the Penrith yeah. team. And then Liam Martin for what he did at the back end of the game. Obviously snatched the game away and um, probably could have had a hat trick. But <laughs> he dropped a couple of balls there. But uh, I feel like we need to touch on Luttrell. We haven't actually even talked about Luttrell. Mm. Fantastic. God, he's a good player. It's not... It wasn't his best performance. I think he went missing either. for about half an hour, and, which is and probably know. the key half hour. But mm. when they were running right, he was the one spreading the ball. He was, oh, absolutely his was that, magic. that try assist back that oh. offload back to Walker where he scores oh, yeah. onto the post. That was absolute magic. I don't think I saw a better oh. bit of play over the weekend, to be honest. Even with the amount of tries that went through, the way he sort of just hopped over the shoulder of two blokes and just dumped it back in Walker's lap. That was fantastic. I um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Let's go with let's go Appy three Martin two Yo one. How's that? Sure, it's fine by me. Because um, I'm, I fuck Appy's been red hot since well before Origin. Fuck, he's jeez, like he's just by, he's just by the next year. No, he's he's just getting his form, for, getting his form out of the way early. And he and did um, come out again today. And he makes a million. Yes, he did. He said, makes a million tackles. Out. Doesn't miss many. And whenever there's an opportunity to run, even if he doesn't run through the line, he always gets close to the line and then puts somebody else in a better position than what he's in. So. Well, speak. I know we've got to get we've got one more game in front of that one before we get to the next hooker. But uh, uh, are we going to get through these next five and five minutes? Probably forty-eight four. Uh, Cowboys demolished the Warriors. Uh, it'll happen very quickly again through the. Well, no, there's about ten minutes where not much happened, and then the gates opened. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, star some stats, barn. This will all be impressive. <laughs> eight tries to one, seven out of eight conversions. Played zero out of one for the Warriors, and one out of one penalty attempts for the Cowboys. 76% completion played 68, which was 33 out of 43 sets playing 26 out of 38. 820 plus running metres and 197 plus post-contact metres for the Cowboys. Nine line breaks to one. 26 tackle bust to 21. 
I think that's because the Warriors just clean missed that many tackles <laughs> that they weren't registered as missed tackles because they just ran through the hole. Because <laughs> I reckon there would have been about 50 missed tackles if you really wanted to mark everyone down. Six offloads to four, three force dropouts to zero, zero 40-20s, 289 tackles made by the Cowboys, 376 made by the Warriors, two ruck infringements to one, two inside the 10s to one, six penalties conceded to seven, 14 errors by the Cowboys, 12 by the Warriors, Robson made 36 tackles. Murchie made 43. Drinkwater with 180 running metres. Dallin with Tenny Zelezniak with 154 metres. Valentine Holmes missed three, made three. Uh, Dejan Assi missed four and made 23. And Walsh missed three and made eight. Uh, Valentine Holmes with 118 supercoach points. Chad Townsend with 108. And then you had five up, five other Cowboys before you got down to Adam Fanua Blake. Adam Fanua Blake for the Warriors on 61 points. Well, I mean, what do you got to say about the Cowboys? Like, all, literally all across the field, they were good. There wasn't, I don't think, a single bad performance. The big standout for me, though, was the performance from both halves, Dearden and Townsend, just what they were able to do in this game. Um, just complete control. And Townsend, a great kicking game as well on top of that. Uh, Kyle Felt had a bit of a shocker. <laughs> he made a few yeah. Kyle Felt. Yeah, yeah he made did, he a couple did. of errors. He's yeah. bombed a try. Yeah. He's pop player. He's, since he's come back, he's been average. Yeah. Apart from winning him a game against Cairns Tigers. <laughs> um, well, I, I thought drink, Cohen, drink has had, Cohen has had his usual Cohen moments, but apart from that, well, it's fine. Well, yeah. first try. Speaking of someone that the old Gump used to have um, roped in with Cohen Hess in a certain, um, I don't know what he called, a certain bracket, I guess you could say, Scott Drinkwater as well, kicking on with his amazing season. I don't really know what else to say other than to say all the great players for the Cowboys were amazing yeah, because know, they yeah. were. They the, just the, absolutely the, tore them to shreds. The problem with the rest of this round is that... We're going to be repeating ourselves um, a fair bit. What do you take out of these games? Yeah. So you're going to hear a lot four, of four the Warriors have, had nothing. There's four teams that have clocked off and just couldn't be fucked being there. Two of them, the Warriors and Tigers, have interim coaches. that what like They've got nothing to gain. They've got nothing to get the players up for. And they've got... like. There's just no incentive. I'll get to the Tigers later, but this was Stacey Jones' one still surprises me, man. How I don't understand how they didn't give him a crack at it next year. But well, like if you and you know if they had of, I reckon they get, they'd get more out of this year, whatever that means. Quite possibly. Uh, but they've got you know if um, there's reps on old mate from Panda whose name just escapes me, Andrew Webster. Uh, yeah, uh, Andrew Webster. Sorry, him, so good him. on him. Like you will see what happens. I can see. I can sort of see. Where they're headed, but um, look, the only possible bloke I even want to wrap out of this game from the Warriors is um, is Torrey Harris, who somehow mentions manages to look somewhat classy in this shit show. Uh, but even then, like I knew a bloke was strong. Well, they're the I two, aren't they? What else are you going to say? Yeah, the, the two that show up but every week. Toy, 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 I'm pretty sure we mentioned them every week too. Yeah. <laughs> but Toy again, he was playing front row and first receiver at times here. Um, yeah, it, someone had you because there's. Was this a game Reese Walsh got minus one super coach points? And, we got close um, to it. <laughs> and around again. What I'm, like, I, and like you're going to wrap all the Cowboys players, so I'll let you wrap them. Well, a couple of them. Um, yeah, as I said, Warriors had absolutely nothing. The first two tries, Walsh was an absolute speed bump. The poor bloke got absolutely <laughs> smashed both times when they scored the first two tries. Um, to be honest, I don't know how the Warriors kept kept the Cowboys quiet for the next sort of 20 minutes or so. <laughs> like There was a period there where the Cowboys just sort of went through the motions, but the next 40 minutes after that was an absolute slaughter. Um, the halves just fucking did whatever the hell they wanted. Chad Townsend and did, and we're just setting up tries, putting blokes through holes all over the place. Um, 
It came down to the it's it's the same thing. You look at the most of the bottom teams, their centers and wingers can't fucking defend. No. So you get them one on one or two on ones with with big strong fast outside backs and you just get points. You get points and points and points and the Warriors were making bad read after bad read, just bad positioning. Um and this is, like, there was two or three tries where they just put grubbers through and there was nobody around. And the Cowboy just ran through and picked it up. Yeah. Like, there's no fullback around. There was no one covering. They were just all sort of standing around going, oh, there's another try. Fuck, what do we do now? I oh, will go and kick off again. Well, <laughs> it, it seemed to me that... This is thing, like, so, so when you're at this stage of the season, you can't rebuild a defensive structure. So they're just turning up to get raped and moving on. But, like, what, yeah. what, 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 you can't say, oh... Edwin, can you not run off your wing a little bit because you're leaving your winger yeah. exposed? Mm. Oh, oh, no worries, brah. And off they go again. Like I thought the Warriors' starting pack were okay. No, they, as a whole, they were decent. They weren't, you know, anything super good. But in defence, they had to do a lot of tackling because their centres and wingers had mm. didn't want to do fucking any of it. <laughs> they wanted no part of tackling in this game. Um, they made obviously made Valentine Holmes look like a god out there at times. Luciano mm. Leilua was running over the top of people. And he's been fantastic pickup for the Cowboys. Um, good, good one to lose for the Tigers, I'm guessing. Uh. Yeah, but like I've heard this in a media <laughs> day from old old um, old Buzzwood, but he, um, you know, he was there sucking around. He was playing like a he played a few. He was playing okay at the start of the year, the but last yeah, four games yeah. for the Tigers, he couldn't be fucked being there. When he'd so. asked for a release after that, yeah, he wasn't that was interested it. in being so, there. Anymore. And the same as yeah. No Faluma, there's a reason he wasn't playing first grade first because he couldn't be fucked. No. And now, yeah, look, and that's right. You can't get upset about it. Like, good on him. He's going to go probably go win a comp at Melbourne. Well, hey, good on him. Stay there. As Start Ollie again. said, the Cowboys didn't really have anyone that was poor apart from um, Feld, who had an unhappy night with a you know, um, missed tackle and three errors there. But um, I thought, yeah, Val, Drinkwater were very good. Luciano was fantastic for him. And, um, but I had Din as their man of the match. And now finding out he's ruptured a testicle afterwards probably just gives yeah, give, you, him give him another point. I reckon you give him all five <laughs> points. Poor bastard. Uh, gave him three. I had Val with two because I thought he was tremendous. Um, obviously, he did. I don't think he missed a kick all night, did he? I might have missed one. I think but, he missed one. And um, he, he, was setting up, he set up Tuolangi. I think he um, set somebody else up as well. And I had Luciano Leilua for the one. But yep. I, yeah, hard for me to argue. Um, Ollie, what's um, three plus two plus one? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's six. Ah, it's still <laughs> making a can out of it yet. Uh, anyway, we'll move on. So, yeah, this round was the Anyone record. Anyone need their tax done? <laughs> <laughs> this was a record. Yeah, just leave it out of the income. It'd be sweet, Ollie. Uh, this was a record points in an eight-game round of NRL. 466, so whatever that means. A lot of teams are tapped out. Cool. Tries um, for everybody. True. But I don't know. How, what do you say? We get to the Storm 60-12 to 12 over the Brisbane Broncos, who, yeah, the Petrogas isn't just empty. The engine's been... Left up the road, and now they're walking home with <laughs> fucking well, hubcaps uh, just because uh, they're worth something. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I don't know if that phrase exactly fits this game, but horse Broncos. So, Barney, would you like to tell some stats? <laughs> you you can lead a, di- a Titan to a defensive line, but you can't make him tackle. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We had two tries to 10, two out of two conversions for the Broncos, nine out of 10 for the Storm, one out of one penalty attempt for the Storm, 67% completion played 83%, 21 out of 31 sets played 36 out of 43, 880 plus running metres, and I reckon Nelson probably had 500 off of them. 280 plus post-contact metres, 
Three line breaks to nine. 24 tackle busts played 66 for the Storm. Four offloads to 12. Three force dropouts to two. 360 tackles from the Broncos, 240 from the Storm. A ruck infringement from both teams. Two inside the 10s played one. Three penalties conceded by the Broncos, six conceded by the Storm. 15 errors to eight. Ricky made 39 tackles. Grant made 31. Oates with 130 running metres. And Nass. Nelson with 193 running metres. Ezra Mayer missed 10 tackles, made 17. Reynolds missed 6 and made 12. Jesse Bromwich missed 3 and made 15. Grant with 113 supercoach points. Nelson with 113 supercoach points. Ollum with 113 supercoach points. Then eight other Storm players before you got down to Billy Walters on 52. Three points, Harry. Two points, Nelson. One to Ollum. And we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they, um, like, I thought the Storm would win comfortably, but I didn't see this kind of smash-up coming along. Well, my prediction of a Jerome Hughes field goal to win the game didn't exactly come true. So No, they were Storm were, they were outstanding. They were just very good. They're, they're a good football team. What am I supposed to say? They're a good football team. We doubted them for a good six weeks, and now they're getting some cavalry back. Uh, look, and you've got to give credit to Nofaluma, uh, but they, and having Coates back, but having some outside backs has helped this. And they got outside backs that are going to do, get in and do some hard yards uh, in, in no It looks and, to um, me that Bellamy's going out of his way to try and find um, uneven matchups as well with his positioning and players. Yeah. Like you look at, obviously, Munster going back to fullback's been a revelation. He's been fantastic and, back and there. And as we said, he did that from day, from the first minute. That's mm-hmm. where he, he walked on the field to play fullback. Nelson's now been pushed to an edge and he's running at <laughs> halfbacks and yeah. centres, and good luck tackling him. The fucking 140 kilo front rowers can't do it. You've got Cheese coming through the middle and his footwork's as good as anyone in the middle of the field. He's nippy, he gets around. And when you've got a bunch of big front rowers trying to grab him and he's, he's you know, he's well, slipping tackles, big, he's getting in and around. There's a big argument to be made that he should be actually a prop. Yeah, well, I think he's a 13, yeah. really. Yeah, 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 but like he can play in this team. Play that 13, interchange with the Stop. nine, yeah. jump in and in the nine if you see something or just float, sort of float out the back, link up with the backs and then run... You know, that sort of second rower, front rower lines, and he's, he does it really well. But um, the Broncos were deer in the headlights in defence. They didn't know what to do. They were on their back foot the entire time. Um, and they, they seemed to me just to be jogging into the line in attack as well. Yeah. They weren't really flying in, you know, charging in with the ball in hand. Um, Ezra Mam would just be a bruise, I'm suggesting at this moment. <laughs> the amount of times he got bumped off, thrown around, stomped over the top of by Nelson. He would have bruises in all parts of his body. But Fanta- a fantastic photo we took it through Getty Images yeah. we've seen about with Mam in the headlights against Big Nelson. It was on uh, bloke used it on his thing and it was also in the Did- telly as the in the NRL page, so whoever picked he that up. He didn't shirk his responsibility. He, he kept tried. putting his shoulder in, um, even though he kept getting stomped we, we over the top of More than what we can say about some others later in the round. Mm-hmm. The poor bloke got ragged all for 80 minutes, but um, unfortunately that's probably going to happen to him more than once in his career. Um, Ricky and Capewell, I thought, were decent for the Broncos. Oates was... Oates was average, but he, you know, he did his work out of the back end, as he always does. Um, the rest of them, well, you know, I don't have much to say about them. Um, Xavier Coates had an absolute nightmare. I think that intercept pass that he threw got into his head, and then he lost his way, and then obviously there was an injury at the back end of the game, which he didn't probably help. Misses but another way. You can get knocked mm, out, can't you, old X? Yeah, absolutely can. And then um, poor old Tyrone Wishart runs onto the field and then ran back off a couple of minutes later <laughs> with a syndesmosis. But, yeah, the rest of that, the the rest of the team, at minimum, did their job. Quite a few of them were outstanding. I thought Meany and Hughes were very good. 
Um, Cheese and Olam were, were, were great. Uh, you can't say much more. And Munster, Munster and Nofaluma look like superstars in this game. <laughs> the defence from the Broncos made them look fantastic. They like Every time they touched the ball, they looked like they were going to destroy this Broncos team. And then Nelson, I thought it was his best game for years, and he was absolutely in everything. He's setting up tries, huge running metres, try assists, line breaks, line breaks, assists. He was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Few moments in this game that. Oh, uh, sorry, and I missed Harry Grant. Harry Grant, I oh, think, sorry, was Henry, the best player on the field. Made 40 odd tackles, fucking Did just we, tore like, them he apart. Just picked his moments. I think I mentioned there'd be two or three tries in and around the post with Harry just throwing short balls to people, which <laughs> which oh, happened. Just, but oh, he, he's so good. Should have had a 40 20. Mm. Uh, all but had one. Like, there's so many moments. He's Harry picked up his running game. He's doing a little bit more kicking as well, taking a bit of pressure off the halves. He's, yeah. Yeah, going yeah. enormously at just, the moment. Um, absolutely tremendous. Um, at the list of people who's left Newcastle and grown a leg, we can add Josh King to that. We mentioned, mm. what, three of them last week. Well, there's four. Um, <laughs> but you've covered off the main ones I want to mention. David Nofaluma, um, if he stays in Melbourne and end up playing for New South Wales, like that's his goal. He'll be, <laughs> he'll be a superstar. He will. He will. Like, it's a fact because he'll be a superstar and he'll actually try um, and score a few as well. He's definitely having a crack. He's, he's putting in a lot isn't more Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Isn't it? Who'd have thought? Um, you've covered everything else. I think the, the couple of moments I enjoyed actually were, um, like you mentioned Nelson, but Nelson's going last try and then just picking up the player he steamrolled by the collar <laughs> and standing back up and dusting him off was hilarious. <laughs> so there you go. You just go about your business, young fella. It was quite funny. Uh, I think he's been, the last three weeks, he's been absolutely outstanding and playing big minutes. And being damaging, and he's been a big part of the turnaround. However, they've woken him up, or he decided to wake up himself. Tremendous, and he dragged the rest of the forward pack with him. Um, both the branches were good. Kenny was good, and uh, and this is Jesse's best game. But you know, I suppose when you're in by sixty, you're gonna look, you're gonna look good. I think he just gets lost a little bit in the middle. Like he, he's still, he was still doing plenty of work in the middle of the field, mm. but he's just got so many more opportunities yeah. when he can pick who he wants to run at rather than running at two or three. Yeah, and then when you've got Harry Grant, just going mate, when. Yeah, the ball just get on I, that line. When I want you, yeah. you'll get it and you'll kill someone. <laughs> Oliver? <laughs> I mean, when you guys have managed to break down a, a game that was very straightforward already, I think I'd, I'd pretty much be beating that dead horse. So. That's fine. The only other one I want to mention is actually uh, the shot from Olam on, was it Reese Kennedy, I want to say? It was one. Oh, it might have been Jordan Ricky. The rib shot where he popped the ball <laughs> out, and we were in a game where we were in about headshots and cannonballs, like straight up and under the ribs, and he would have busted a rib for sure. Like that's how it, they should. Coaches should be sitting players down, going, "Now watch what he does, and just do it. Like dig it up and under and straight." And he, like, just a tremendous shot. Start at the hips it. and, and go just, up um, to the ribs. In a, in a game where we're now worried about wrapping up this, that, and the other, and headshots, like tremendous. Anyway, um, yeah. What I said earlier, three, two, one. Uh, Harry Nelson, and then I had either Munster or Nofa, or you could chuck in Olam. Yeah, Olam. Though we didn't even mention Olam, he was brutal as well. He and was yeah, that's like, we didn't mention the attack. That's right. Running right. over the top of people and yeah, running lines, palming people off. He was fantastic as well. So, actually, yeah, that's probably a good shout. Olam, Olam for the for one. one. Lovely. Forty-two-six. <laughs> the Eels defeated the Dogs, who uh, one of these geeks tipped. <coughs> anyway. Mm. Wasn't to be as uh, another team just uh, got their post-season bags a little bit more packed. Fun. Guess what? I've heard for the last 
fucking 24, 48 hours. I got a full round. I'm now running second in the comp. Ah, oh, fucking hell. You got to put up with the wife running second in the fucking footy no, tipping competition. I was chasing. And what about with a full oh, round I'll knock her off a well. high horse. Barney, I'm Smart your final hope. Good. How does that feel? Yeah. I'd probably rather her bring me money than you beat her. So. <laughs> I just have to listen to her shit. <laughs> All right. Money, monies are good. Human monies. Human. I had just I'm perplexed that Barney said monies. Eight <laughs> tries to off. one, five out of eight conversions for the eels, zero out of one for the dogs, one out of one penalty attempts for the dogs. Seventy three percent completion played sixty six. Thirty out of forty one sets played twenty four out of thirty six. Three hundred and forty nine plus running meters and hundred and sixty three plus post contact meters for the eels. Ten line breaks to four, thirty tackle busts to thirteen, sixteen offloads from both teams, two force dropouts. 279 tackles played, 345. Two ruck infringements against the Eels. Two inside the 10 against the Dogs. Five penalties conceded to four. 14 errors to 11. Mahoney made 36 tackles. Jeremy Marshall King made 39. Sean Lane made 170 running metres. And Paul Vaughan made 143. Lane missed four tackles, made 24. Burton missed five and made 16. Dylan Brown with 134 supercoach points. Moses with 98. Papali'i with 85, and then three other players before you got down to Max King for the Bulldogs on 60. Oh, sorry, you've just paused yourself. Uh, well, I thought for one, um, all the talk at least that I've seen after this game of how good Moses and Brown were, and I think in the second half they were amazing, but I thought in that first half Brown was a, a bit quiet and sort of got into it more in the second half, but they, they were definitely what... Got the Eels home after a, a, a really strong start as Am well. I'm right thinking was... Brown. Brown looks good a lot when the game's over. Am I wrong in saying that? He gets a lot yeah. of bully points. Anyway. Not as, okay. Not as we'll much as Moses. We'll have to paraffin. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> well no, Dylan <laughs> Brown's the, the, the only player that they bullies. like. They Dylan, hate the coach. They hate the uh, halfback. Dylan Brown <laughs> is at least willing to go into the line and cop a shot. Yeah, he does you do don't that. see that from Mitchell Moses very often whatsoever. And um, yeah, Dylan Brown does benefit from fans. a lot of short kicks and you know they're just fucking holes in defensive lines. <laughs> but hmm. I thought the Fords were great as well. I'd say probably Sean Lane was the standout amongst them. I'd say well, uh, other than the Papali. the great end to the game for the halves, I, I'd well, uh, probably was they were both again. they were both great. But I, I, I think. Lane was probably just a bit better in this one, at least for me. Uh, from the dogs, look, it's going to be like most of the other losers this week. I don't have too much really to say about that, if I'm honest. There's it two was, blokes that tried. Uh, Paul yeah. Vaughan tried as well. Madison was yeah. fantastic as well for Parramatta yeah. in the middle of the field. So. I thought Vaughan's been not wrapped as much as the others since this Bulldog sort of rise under Mick Potter, but he's looked sort of night and day. I think he's, he's been Him very good. Him and Max good. King have been their best two f- forwards, I think. The dogs, he's, he's and he's off to England, isn't he? Yeah, he signed with Warrington. Yeah. Um, yeah, Barney, talk about things and we can move on. Yep. <laughs> right here, took about half an hour for the, the Eels to take real uh, like complete control of this match. I thought, um, seems like the dogs' first try sort of woke Parramatta up, they were just sort of going through the motions and then they went, Oh, fuck, the dog scored, maybe we should <laughs> do something about this because <laughs> Shoop did give it a bit of a whoop, <laughs> he got up. <laughs> and give it to him there when he scored that try. So um, I think he might have upset a couple of them and they started to get going. But um, 
they started to dominate the middle of the field, which has been a big problem for the dogs. Um, that's you know, like while they've had their good moments and they've had you know they've got flashy points in them and they've they've looked like a better, much better team since Barrett's moved on. They've still got a lot of deficiencies in the middle of the field, and they're obviously going to need to go and find some some people to fix that up for them. But um, yeah, they dominated the run. The thing for me with the dogs was they got stripped way too easy for numbers on the outside edges. Mm. Like you saw Sivo scored two, I think it was like. Untouched, and one of them there wasn't anyone anywhere. And Blake, both Blakes were untouched as well. And yeah, Wonga Blake on the other side. So the fact that they were able to get around the dogs um, that easily was is definitely a concern as well. And then again, little grubbers in behind with the fullback nowhere to be seen. I thought it was one of Avarillo's poorer games to be honest. Um, he's generally pretty good with defensive positioning, but he was nowhere to be seen for a lot of time in this one. And um, yeah, it's it's alarming signs for the Bulldogs. Obviously, their season's done, and they're you know there's going to be games where they don't turn up, and they do. But um, I thought Burns and Burton were were okay for the Dogs. Vaughan, as you mentioned, Jackson and King were the best forwards. Um, I love Max King. His his effort and work rate is far and beyond pretty much anyone that's running around in this Bulldogs team, and mm. he's going to be a, a really good player in the next couple of years. I know he's a bit older, but he's um he's got a couple of real strong years in him. I would imagine the next couple of years. I thought Penasini was strong in the centres for um, for the Eels. He was um, another one that's got a, a very bright future. Opacic actually probably played one of his better games of the year as well. I thought he was um, mm. really good mm. in defence and attack, which is unusual. He's normally good in one one and not the other, but I thought he's good on both sides of the footy in this one. You mentioned the halves. They were fantastic. I thought Oregon Kafusi was pretty decent off the bench. And Madison added great impact off the bench. I thought he was tremendous in the middle of the field and he really um, took the fight up to the dogs there. And Papali, they were, they were dominant. So. Mm. How the fuck did it get so cold all of a sudden? <laughs> did you feel like it's dropped it's 10 all, degrees? And all, eh? the, all the people have left. That's why. Oh, There's that's less right. body heat radiating. Oh, yeah, there's a thousand people that were here. And you give us a 3 two, one so... <laughs> I had Dylan Brown with three points. I know yeah. a lot of it was junk stuff, but yeah, I had him with the three. And then I had... Um, Papali and Madison, there's the two and the one, Ooh. but Ollie's in for a shout for Lane. So. Yeah, don't worry, I won't take him away for you, Papali. No, but no, uh, w- one point, Sean Lane. I don't care. I'm happy to give Lane two. Lane two, Papali one. You got to, you actually do it after the. He's consistent. You know, he's Sean Lane. Like he's he's, he's, he's now yeah. as solid as anyone else in his Paramount board back. Uh, 40 to 6, the Sharks. Oh, that's why you're getting more and more fucking non-interested. We're getting closer. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> hey, well, this is the one. You, you, like, you're I was a shattered, bit I was shattered weeks ago. Do you like, honestly, yeah, you really true. think you care? Years ago. One try to Manly, seven to the Sharks. One out of one conversions played six out of seven. 70% completion played 76%. 29 out of 41 sets played 36 out of 47. 620 plus running metres for the Sharks. One line break to six, 35 tackle bust to 43, nine offloads to 19, one force dropout to two, a 40-20 for the Sharks, 308 tackles played 281, three ruck infringements to two, one inside the 10 against the Sharks, three penalties conceded to five, 14 errors from Manly, 12 from the Sharks. Croker made 34 tackles, Nakora 32, uh, Cooler with 165 running metres and Ikevalu with 235. Four and missed six tackles, made 12. Moylan missed 10 tackles and made 19. Hines with 130 supercoach points. Ikevalu with 100. And then one other player before you got to DCE on 86 points. How many of these Manly players do you reckon are going to leave the club at the end of the year? Yeah, I'd say probably... You're at least possibly, possibly maybe seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> looking at six. <laughs> Fuck me. Like, they... Like, 
they just don't want to be there. What are you supposed mm. to say? They just they, they do not want to be there. And we'll get to them. yeah. And Ola Kawatu recently has looked more disinterested Awful. than any of them, but yeah. in this I game thought he, he was, was actually fine. pretty yeah, good. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> he was woeful last week, but he tried. He was bumping blokes off yeah. everywhere um, in this one. But as a Shark supporter, obviously, I'm glad to see Cronulla winning manly. I think it's happened about eight times in 10 years or so, so maybe longer, 15 years. So it hasn't well, been eight to- a real it, good no, run. If Cronulla had won in manly eight times in 10 years, wouldn't they have won the majority of the... Oh, sorry, eight in times in about 30-something years. Yeah, but I was going to yeah, say, oh, no, well, that doesn't sound that impressive. Eight, no, eight times in their yeah. entire entirety that they've oh, been really? manly okay. in manly. Okay. They've only won a couple That's in the better. last couple of years. <laughs> but um, we just never seem to beat manly, especially up there. But uh, it was good to see them do it, and they did it well. Um, Manly probably weren't the worst team this weekend either. <laughs> they were they, they were okay. Oh, I mean, he, no, no. Obviously we know part, who was. No, well, but, you know, they were, one of the, they were competitive South. for 20 minutes or so, but... Um, yeah, the, the the longer the game went, the less enthusiastic the majority of the Manly team got. Um, Sharks never really hit top gear, but they looked pretty good in attack um, at different points. I thought Caller was looked really good at fullback for Manly. Obviously, he's not going to stay there, but um, he might end up a fullback somewhere <laughs> somewhere else, or even in the centres. He, he's definitely a player to notice and keep an eye on in the future. I thought Walker and Aloye put in an effort, but yeah, they had fucking very little impact. Amale was good, and DCE caused a few problems in attack. Is um, Walker re signed, hasn't he? Dylan, he's gone Dylan. Walker. He's gone to the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Sorry, carry on. I thought um, Miller and Moylan looked pretty good, ball in hand. Moylan not so much in defence, but um, Nicora, McGuinness, and Fafita actually yeah. had a really good, strong performance in this game. That um, he did. With ball in hand, he was bumping blokes off and throwing offloads and created a few opportunities. Ikevalu, I thought, was fantastic. Again, um, <laughs> What a bloke! Like as a <laughs> as a backup winger, he's he's a seriously good um, a winger and probably should be playing first grade somewhere. Well, last but year at the Roosters, sort of towards the end of the year, when he, I think he ended up playing pretty much the rest of the season, he was scoring yeah. like two tries a game yeah, or something. Absolutely, was. Um, I thought Royce Hunt had his best game for quite a long time. He was physically dominant uh, through the middle of the field, and um, Nico Hines. What do you say? Yeah. He was. Some of his ball playing, some of those balls that he put on the chest of blokes to score tries in the corner was fucking fantastic from a bloke who, you know, he grew up playing halves, but he hasn't played halves in first grade. Yeah. So. He seriously, he's, um, he should be in the Australian 17. He, if you're dead set, he's in the Australian 20. Uh, and he probably, you'd go a long way to not pick him for 14 at New South Wales next year. It's pretty simple. Like it's pretty simple. So he's got a tidy kicking game, but some of those passes are as good as what you see from just about yeah, anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but he's um, he should be in every Origin squad for the next ten years. He's not scared of contact in yeah. defence or well, he can, attack. He can play. Any, so. You put him anywhere, you'll play it. Well, you can play dummy half. He can play. He play thirteen. Yeah. Play thir- yeah. He's played thirteen for Storm. I think when he's been busted, he's plays fullback. Plays five or he six. Could play uh, wing. Six could or play centre. Yeah. He'd, he'd sit out there and do a job. Yeah. Well, Amazing. when he gets given the Dahlia Medal in a few weeks, he's pretty much the Dalian medal winner is not just not going to get picked for a, a no. rugby league <laughs> world cup side. He may like, win it by he he will, in the way he's going. He may yeah. win it by space. Yeah, he can uh, win it by six, seven, eight points now. Well, but the only real addition I'll make is that I don't think I've ever seen a game where everyone was positionally just flat out. It might be weird the way I'm explaining it, but just <laughs> flat out playing their stereotypical position, it was almost as if Cronulla's backs went, okay, well, we'll run because we're fast and that's what we do. <laughs> and, and the forwards 
you blokes tackle. And that's what they, like, it, it was just, like, it was, pretty yeah, much, like, absolutely. Training drill. run-of-the-mill They ran their football for direct lines straight yeah. at their opposition players. And, yeah. Yeah, and I'd were, say even, well, I'm not saying they were better or worse, but I'd say it was sort of to script, and as you said, sort of like a training run, probably the way it looked Cronulla was playing more than... The other teams who put up big scores, and obviously the they played differently. But so they sort of took their foot off the pedal. The one thing that was good for me was they, they didn't play that 20 minutes, half an hour of shit footy that mm-hmm. they've been playing recently. So, uh, you take on Lockie Miller. I thought he's a fantastic mover. I'd actually have him in front of Dykes at the moment at yeah. fullback, to be honest. Ten tackle um, busts. And, the uh, way he gets yeah. in and around defenders, um, obviously he's a little bit slight, so if they do get hold of him, they can um, do a bit of damage to him. But I'd... I'd like to see him play probably centre, to be honest. Mm. I, you know, I, I know you've got Ramian and um, Trey or Connor um, Tracy there, but I think yeah. he probably he probably moves a little bit better than Connor Tracy and has oh, he's yeah. definitely got better ball skills than Connor Tracy. So, but um, at the moment, as a reserve, obviously, if, if any of them go down anywhere in the back line, he can play on the wing or the centres at fullback. So he'll probably play halfback, uh, five eight at a pinch if need be. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd play five, five well, eight. He was a half in now. The big pick now, for me it? is um, I'm I'm worried about Moylan. I know he adds a lot in attack, but his defence, <laughs> he's just constantly misses eight to ten tackles every week, and he's going to be a target come finals time. And um, yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah, need to think, put some people around. Who do you think Nelson's going to run up in his team? <laughs> I know who he's going to mm, run at. Mm. <laughs> they're going to need to put Royce Hunt and fucking Ueli or Fafida on either side of him. But so it's looking yeah. increasingly like like they they're going to be fourth, isn't it? That's Probably where Sharks, Sharks will finish second. Sharks are better chance oh, of finishing second than they are fourth. Mm. They play I, the I think they will. They end play up the Knights and the Bulldogs. Sorry, Sharks, if the Cowboys yeah, drop a true. game, they'll run second. Which true. will ne- true, true. Cowboys have Penrith and Storm. Like it, might be a bless, I, I, it might be a blessed side of the draw there, two and three. Then I've realised though, next Saturday that game between the Rabbitohs and the Cowboys is probably oh, going to have and Penrith. That's it. Yeah. Storm and Chooks is going to have a lot so, of tremendous. The Sharks shouldn't lose a game. They've got Newcastle well, and the Bulldogs. South and Cowboys. I like, I, but I think that Cowboys have I'll got tip, I'll tip South. But that South and Cowboys yeah. game, though, I'm I think... Tip, I'm tipping probably d- against the Cowboys next two weeks, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks end up playing Storm um, first week of the finals, second versus third at mm. Shark Park. Oh, they're talking about um, playing a, a call, actually. Well, they, but, sh- um, they shouldn't. And then the... Yeah, it has to be the media. The, not a call, sorry. The, oh, the okay. SFS. Oh, okay, yeah. Whatever Because I called. thought they changed it now that the, the first week yeah, of the finals. The new, it's, the it's, it's, it's now Alliance. It's a new Alliance or something. It's hmm? one of the old... It's the, the old Alliance. SFS. It's, yeah, it's Alliance, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're talking about taking... The yeah, Sharks I know taking about. that game mm. to there, but... Because um, I assume they're going to bring in the... the extra 10,000 people. 30,000 or whatever they used to have, yeah. And then Panthers playing Cowboys, but that's where I think it'll end, but... All right, give us give Nico your six points so we can move Three on. points, Hunt, two points, and Ikavalu for one. Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just for the I, I want I, I want Fafita to get a point. I don't know. All right, let's it, give it should to we Fafita. get Fafita the point? <laughs> okay. All right, and then a real yeah. Let's give here. it to Fafita. Uh, Ikavalu only ran two hundred and sixty meters and scored two tries. Yeah, but, but sure. you expect him to do you expect him to do that when he plays first grade. <laughs> It's nice to see some life back in the SCG wicket as uh, the Tigers had the Roosters 6 for 72 uh, in this game and doing all sorts. I'm looking forward to day two tomorrow. Well, what about at, at one point it was um, it was 66 to 6. It was so 66 to 6. That was a horrible um, impression, but yeah. NRL record. Yeah, cool. <laughs> 12 tries to one. 
12 out of 12 out of 12 <laughs> conversions for the Roosters, one out of one for the Tigers. 72% completion played 63%, which was 35 out of 48 sets, playing 19 out of 30. 1,050-plus run metres, <laughs> 345-plus post-contact metres, 13 line breaks to 1, 54 tackle busts to 20, 16 offloads to 5, 3 force dropouts to 1, 249 tackles played 339, one ruck infringement for the Roosters, four against the Tigers, two inside the 10 to one, two penalties conceded to three. 13 errors from both teams and a send-off for the Tigers. Verrill's made 32 tackles, off Ngawi with 40. Um, Teddy with 261 running metres, Dewey with 129. Hutchinson missed three tackles, made nine. Madden missed seven, made 18. And Toa missed six and made eight. Crichton with 161 supercoach points. Ooh. Butcher with 140 Four other Rooster players over 100 and 10 overall before you got down to Offa and Gowie <laughs> on 56 Supercoach points. Now, just for those wondering, uh, Angus Crichton, 161, is not the Ford record. No, no, it's 198. It's held by it? Angus Crichton, 166, against the Titans the in 2017. Mm. No, the record's like 230. Yeah, 200 and something ridiculous. But for a Ford, actually went and did the research. So the, the Angus Crichton has the two highest Supercoach Ford scores. He got 166 against the Titans in 2017. Right. I actually had him down as 150-odd, but they've upgraded him since yeah, then. Yeah. So 161 here. I leave it for a day before uh, I go um, back and look at it. Andrew Fafita would be third with 214 points it's against the, Penrith. It's the Andrew Fafita week, isn't it? Yeah, against, two, against Penrith in 2014. Uh, Reese Martin, 153 again for the Dogs against Canberra in 2018. And then David Fafita in that game where he... Um, Played that one half against Souths and nearly beat him and then disappeared. <laughs> and we haven't seen him since. Yeah, it's the last time he was <laughs> since he's been started off Nobbies. He's actually been okay the last three weeks. Yeah. He hasn't been tremendous, but he's been okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's your stats, everyone. But Angus, yeah, Angus Crichton <laughs> has the two records. And um, also, is it official now that he's re-signed with the Roosters, a.k.a. Yes, not, not going to end up at that team that rugby. he just Yeah, no, he's, um, but, you know, um, yep. Puppy in and the air. Kurosawa, so hey, There's happy hope. days. Well, hope. That's all we need to say about this game. Uh, look, what a bunch of fucking spastics <laughs> these geeks are. I, I don't have my updated sounds, otherwise I'd play the Geek of the Week song. But um, you know, and I know he had a run in with a fan after the game, so we've already not condoned that. But like Adam Dewey wants to walk around and say he wants to be club captain and five eight and this and that. I didn't see a bloke make less of an effort than him. Apart from now, there's 15 on the field. I thought um, he fucking made pretty close to the more <laughs> of an effort than any of them. He's got to put his shoulder into the defence as well. You've got to nah. leave from the front. But when you, I suppose when you're getting beaten by 70, what are you supposed to do? I thought he actually but had I thought a crack. He was, there was, was only about four of them that I did <laughs> think had a crack. I, literally, so. I would go away from this game and go, right, like... You would not. You would not feed any of them. You just go. He right. does like for, to do the pretty stuff for next year. Yeah. Else. Well, when when there was tw- there was actually a ten minute period, believe it or not, ten minute period where we had some ball and attack, and both halves played themselves out of fucking NRL deals. Madden looked like a little lost lamb in a boat. Um, go and listen to Club Trove back in uh, 2017. You'll find the story <laughs> about that one. But and then Dewey added. There was no direction at all in attack from any halves. Not that there was a whole lot of it, but for the ten minutes it counted, they were embarrassing. Uh, and then defend, they're both edges. They had the worst middle defence in the in the comp, and the edges were worse today. So hey, what a lineup! Um, Angus Crichton tore him apart. Butcher tore him apart. Who I missed the forest for the trees there, not getting him for Supercoach because he's been absolutely fantastic, and he will be a must buy next year. And how much better a team are Souths, uh, Souths even Easts without um, <laughs> without uh, Tupanua in them? 
Jeez, scary. Then they get Takio back this week, so. Does Takia, because I remember saying it like the halfway point in the season, Paul Takiaho, does he still get <laughs> Clubman of the Year? Or well, maybe the not now. The they might win the comp so that everyone can have Clubman of the Year. Probably Joe. <laughs> yeah. Teddy will get it. Mm. Well. Like they just had their way with him. Luke Carey looked like the best player in the comp. James Desky looked Didn't like the best fullback in the comp. Yeah. Angus Crichton looked like the best second row in the comp. The Egans, uh, the Egans, the Butchers. The butchers. Were, the butcher, uh, they're brothers, aren't they, right? I'm not getting yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, the Butcher brothers were made to look like the greatest brother combination in rugby league history there for that game who, as well. Who thought, who Which is thought, they're, they're great. There's stuff and what, what would against have them. That, that did all the yeah. damage, wasn't it? What was it I, think, I thought, well, Egan, I think, was still really good as well. Yeah, what what, what would it have yeah. paid for Roosters to win by by 66 and Manu and Swali not score a try? <laughs> or, get, or even get anything in Supercoach. Really. Butcher for four know. tries. You would have got oh. thousands. I don't know, back to, I had a good, because I had a very nice day on a punt, I had a good bet on Crichton first try score and he rubbed it in pretty quickly afterwards, but the, the again, I missed the bloody blinding light butcher. there, Butcher. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, talk about this game. Oh, mate. The Roosters were shit hot, and the Tigers were hot shit. They're big, steaming <laughs> piles of shit all over the field. Like, every every position, they were pretty, pretty fucking bad. Um, the same blokes for the Tigers that actually had a crack. Young Pole, again, um, he's been tremendous since he's coming into first grade. I thought he had a red-hot crack. Uh, even though he's let by, down by the majority of the rest of his team. Um, Saifarth wasn't bad. Uh, Dewey tried. Offhand Gowie was their best player. Um, he has been pretty much for the entire season. And the rest of them, there's really not worth a mention. Um, I woke up Sunday. I thought Tarmow did have a go. I know he got all cranky and got sent off and whatever, but I thought he was having a crack. Yeah, he always but, does. Mate, there's, yeah, there's... If you you take four of those blokes and re-sign them and then fucking get rid of the rest it's, it's, of them, literally, literally not a single. I would go back and go right. Okay, Jackson Hastings can tackle. Alex Twal can tackle. Joff, uh, Joff can tackle. Paul I'll, and I'll, so Paul I would yeah. not. I would not fucking look at another one of these players on that field. I would not. I just, they've got to blow them up and start again. Yeah, I woke up. This is how bad it was. Yeah. I woke up Sunday morning missing Luke Brooks. So how good am I going in life? <laughs> Fuck. The yeah. rest of them were dismal. The only thing worse than the effort was the scoreline at the end of the game. Um, the Roosters had three or four players that were quiet, and that was basically their front row who just didn't need to do anything. They just they, they started off and did the first ten minutes and then just watched the rest of the game on the field or on the bench. So Ali really wasn't involved. I think Manu <laughs> decided he wasn't giving him the ball in this game, so he, did, he didn't have a lot to do. Um, even Manu was quiet, even though he ran 200-something <laughs> metres and just didn't score any tries. Well, comparatively. <laughs> yeah, normally there's three, yeah. three tries and a try assist <laughs> in there as well. But uh, as you mentioned, Kiri looked like a, an absolute superstar half in this game. Three try assists and four line break assists in 50-odd minutes of footy. Um, <laughs> Teddy and Tupu were very good. Uh, Bradley was pretty good again without being outstanding. And the back rowers were just taking the piss by the end of the game. <laughs> they were just scoring tries for fun. Um, yeah, what more can you say yeah, about this one? So give Nat three. He deserves it. Yeah, I had Nat with three, Crichton with two, and then I had Kiri with the one. Yeah, that's he fine. looked tremendous in the 58 minutes give he was out there. Sure. I do love me some Angus Crichton, but that's fine. <laughs> 46-26. The Dragons... Uh, Overpowered bravely a twelve-man Titans unit in the <laughs> in the dying stages of this game, Barn stats. Nine tries to four, five out of nine conversions played, four out of four for the Titans. 
And one out of one penalty attempts for the Titans. 77% completion played 78%, which was 27 out of 35 sets playing 29 out of 37. 11 line breaks for St. George, 10 for the Titans. 49 tackle busts played 51. Nine offloads to 18. So the Titans won the majority of the stats. Uh, one forced dropout for the Titans. 234 tackles played 309. <laughs> one ruck infringement against St. George. One inside the 10 compared to two for the Titans. Eight penalties conceded by St. George, two by the Titans. Ten errors to 11. And one send-off. Uh, Jack DeBellum with 28 tackles. Firmer with 31. Moga with 192 running metres. And Campbell with 238. Lomax missed six tackles, made 10. Hunt missed six and made 12. AJ missed seven and made 22. And Herbert missed six and made 11. Bird with 131 supercoach points. Moga with 120. Firma with 105. Titans look like an okay football team sometimes when yeah. they have the ball. And then they have to do that tackling thing and it reminds <laughs> everyone just how shit they really are. <laughs> the Dragons' defence wasn't that much better, to be honest, but their scramble, was, which comes down to effort, was a lot better than what the Titans were. As soon as there was a break, it was pretty much over on the Titans' side of the field, whereas the Dragons had other players still chasing and trying to stop points. Um, Marzu and AJ tried really hard. I thought Marzu was pretty good. Again, um, how he's not a consistent first grader in this team, I don't know. But... Um, that's another story. He should probably be playing centre, to be honest. I reckon he'd be a pretty decent centre compared could, to the you ones that you've got get there. A big but fucking sword out and knife the two. Not not physically, of course. <laughs> don't do that, um, Oliver. Do not get out your samurai sword and kill anyone. But if you got rid of Sammy and Herbert, add Miles and Fafida as your starting wingers and build outwards centers, from there, yeah. even centres and bring Thompson back. Like yeah. that's isn't that better? Yeah. Something I would think so. Jojo on another wing. Yeah. And I thought um, Tanner Boyd was pretty good, um, as was Campbell and Jojo Fafita. They were decent. Uh, David Fafita and Tino were, the, were very good, and so was Furmore, obviously. They were the three best players for the Titans. Um, Lomax and Moga were obviously, that's where a lot of the points came down that right-hand side for the Titans. I'm pretty sure I said it, that that would yeah. be the case before the game, and they, they killed that right-hand side. Jack DeBellin and Sewell were decent in the middle. The halves are okay. Um, Sullivan actually was probably better than both of the halves when he did come on, yeah. even though God, he they only should him and let Hunt go. Minutes. But it was the Jack Bird show. I thought he looked absolutely dangerous in attack every time he touched the ball. He was beating people with footwork and passing game. I thought he was tremendous in this game. So, I really enjoy listening to David Thirsty Morrow call Dragons games. Yeah. That's my input. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> my input, it, it, it's weird because um, I don't feel sad or angry like I usually do. I'm not necessarily down on the Titans because, well, the, they're not going to finish last now. <laughs> so, like, I, like, literally, watching this game, I, at some point I went, well, they're losing and they're shit, but I just, something feels different. Because like, in the back of my mind, I knew that Saturday night had happened and yeah, it was you know, just you know, sort you know, of... You've done Ali, you've made peace. Uh, like, like, I was okay. like, well, okay. It's and now it, a zen moment. You know what, boys, go out the next two weeks, get beaten by 20. As long as you don't lose by 70, you're probably all right. So... That's that's sort of the mentality I'm at, and you know, it's, they were, were they weren't great, but they looked better than they have for many points this year. Obviously, not as good as last week was their best performance of the year, but they still look improved on what we usually see for most of the time. But um, it just so happens to turn out that um, 
the the way to throw the Titans off their game or to to get the upper hand on them is to get one of your players sent off. So that's that, that's good to see because the momentum just swung right back to the Dragons when it was, that's it was happened multiple Molo times. Got sent that, like, that's yeah. a tried and true formula. Yeah, against the Titans, if if yeah. you if you so happen to be in a situation just, where the Titans are on top of you, off. just get one of your, just get one of your players to take their heads off and get sent off. I've got a better one. Just run lots of people at centers and wingers. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I don't know. Oh. Just ask any I Titans player to spell I tackle. Sort of let alone do it. The edge defense for fucking the Titans is horrendous. I guess an extra player sort of wanted to give a shout to because I think Blake Lowry's consistently been the Dragons' best forward all year. But over the past month or so, I'd say he hasn't been mentioned as much. I thought Jaden Sewell has been pretty solid and he was in this game as well. Actually, and Josh McGuire is doing a good job for what he is and what he is for an old bloke that just turns up. But since he's come back from whatever suspension last one was, he, he doesn't. Like, he does, he does, has he been suspended? He, does, he probably has. He doesn't. He, he doesn't let anyone down. I think like he's he just, missed about five or six weeks. This yeah. Year. Well, he started. I think he started suspended, didn't he? But anyway, their Ford packs serve as like they're the most. They're like tradesmen. They're just like the most tradesmen Ford pack. They're not big. They're not fast, but they. They they turn up and do a job. Doesn't so. Blake Laurie just look like like he looks like a tradie? He as does well. look like a tradie. That's like he, he looks like someone had been sitting here <laughs> at the gums at five thirty on a Saturday night. Going right, no Friday night. Going right, boys, you getting on? <laughs> uh, good bloke, I suppose. Uh, but I've got another pop plan here. He's wearing the three in this game. But we can move on. Uh, give you bird yeah, three. Jack Bird, Tata Moga for two, and then I had either um, who have we got here? Tino Lomax or Fermor. For the mm. one, give it to Bo. Yeah, he's great. Bo for more, isn't he? Oh, he's the shining light for this fucking this mob. <laughs> he's good Him here too. and he's, he's very good here, actually. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-eight, twenty-two. Um, the Raiders ran down a fourteen. Fourteen was a fourteen-point lead or fourteen. It was fourteen. Yeah, it was fourteen-point lead. I think it was 22, 22 to eight or something at halftime. Yeah. Um, against these geeks. Um, <laughs> Who tried, though? I'll give, I'll give, do your stats, by anyway. They kept coming, yeah. Five tries apiece. Uh, one out of five conversions for the Knights. Three out of five for the Raiders. And one out of one penalty attempts for Canberra. 83% completion for both sides, which was 31 out of 37 sets and 30 out of 36. 400-plus running metres and 232-plus post-contact metres for the Raiders. Seven line breaks to three. 34 tackle bys. Tackle bus for both teams. Ten offloads for Newcastle, seven for Canberra. Three force dropouts by Canberra. A 40-20 for Newcastle, 338 tackles played, 304. One ruck infringement against Newcastle, one inside the 10 against the Raiders. Four penalties conceded to six. Seven errors from both sides. Braley made 47 tackles. Starling made 43. Tex Hoy with 197 running metres and Savage with 179. Milford missed five tackles, made 16. Sebastian Chris missed five tackles and made 11. Whiten with 88 supercoach points. Hoy with 79 and Tarpanay with 75. Newcastle should probably should have won this game, but they yes. fell in a big, dirty steaming heap and didn't know how to win this game. Um, but I've got to give them all the credit in the world because in a round where no one turned up and tried, they turned up and tried. So you say that. Um, whether it's quality or whether it was fitness, whether it was effort, they, I thought they were disappointing the back end of the game. But um, I guess, like we said, they won't, Canberra ended up winning on the back of their forward pack. Uh, Tarpanay and Papi'i. Just decided, like, yeah, we'll just win them this game because we're better than everyone else. And they did. Um, Chris was good again. Um, whatever that means. Rapana 
we, we talk about Rapinoe a lot, but he, like he saved, I think what he saved two tries here, or tr- at least a try here. He was, um, you, you would go, it, it, for a team that, like for Oli now that follow teams without loser outside backs, um, he you'd makes love, a lot of effort. You'd love uh, someone yeah. to just try their fucking ass off like he does, and um, he does some stupid shit, and he makes yeah, some but you silly cop mistakes. It for, but, you, you cop yeah. it, but like he's outstanding. Um, what else do I say through the back end of this? I'm not quite sure. Do you want to wrap the Newcastle Knights that much? Maybe. I don't know. Well, they're pretty good, especially for yeah. the first 40 or 50 minutes. Um, they came out full of bravado. They started really strong. They were running really hard and direct at Canberra, and um, Canberra. Was, it looked worried. They were, they were causing lots of problems for Canberra's defence uh, with the, the sort of the, the one or two real quick hit-ups and then spreads of the ball, and they had Canberra's defence going sideways a lot. Um, Canberra started really slow. Like, they, they looked like they had concrete in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defensive line speed was really poor at the start of this game, which obviously led to the Knights just sort of charging through the field. And then, um, again, another team that got burned on the edges really easily with Edric Lee and Dominic Young just scoring tries and... Without so sort of he's Dolphins, isn't he? He's yes, yep. he is. And there was wasn't anyone real close a, to him when they were. I hope he finds a because like if he gets on the field, he's a scary oh, player. Yeah, like he's, last couple yeah. of years, um, obviously he's had a lot of time out with injury, but when he's been out there, he's been fantastic. Um, yeah. uh, just don't ask Dino about him in 2016, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I, I bet the Canberra fans were pissed to see him hold onto a ball and put it down oh, again. Right, still hear about it, eh? <laughs> but anyway. We would have won the comp. Yeah. If, if they'd done that, if they'd done that, they would have been able to lose <laughs> to the Sharks in the grand final. Um, I thought Tex Hoy chimed in really well from the back. Um, he, he's definitely an exciting player, but he's going over to England as well, he isn't is. he? Yeah, he's, 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 around, he's so. played his best footy since he signed a new contract. He's yeah, fantastic. Since, um, since Ponga's been out, he's been really good at yeah. the fullback there. Um, I thought the centres and wings they they chimed in. You know, he helped them a lot with the way he chimed into the back line there. As I said, 22 at eight, eight at half time. I thought the Raiders were pretty much gone. They they looked um, they looked tired in the middle of the field. As I said, their defensive line speed was uh, ridiculously poor. But um, the Knights came out like they just won the game. They just didn't seem to really want to go physical back through the middle, which had won it what, the way they'd won it in the first half. And then Canberra decided that it was their turn to have a crack through the middle of the field and your Tarpanese Papali'i came came into it and they took over in the middle of the field and then they just started hitting the edges um, of the defence for the... Not not the outside edges, but the edges of the ruck and they, they just sort of rolled through Newcastle for a good 20 or 30-minute period where Newcastle just couldn't stop them or slow them down. Um, if... If the Raiders had a really good ball-playing half, because they don't have one in either of the two that they got there at the moment, mm. they would be causing some serious problems for even some of the better teams. But they, Because they put themselves in positions, but they've just got no one to finish it off. Mm. Um, and they've got some big, strong centres that could take advantage of some good ball-playing, but it's just not happening at the moment. I thought the Knights deserved to win, really. I thought the, I wanted to see that fairy tale with Edric Lee scoring in the corner and then a kick to go to extra time and then Newcastle so win it. But I would have liked to see the Knights win. Yes, yeah. had particular investment in that. But also just to you know, put them to bed. And um, I thought they probably deserved to win. I thought Mapapalangi uh, looks like a likely player. He's got some really good footwork and some pace out there in the centres for Newcastle and someone that they really should be trying to bring in. Um, Gogai was really strong again. Um, Milford was okay. But, um, yeah, nothing nothing special. Siafidi and Croker, 
had a pretty good had some pretty good touches. Clemmer and Braley were fantastic. They were they were close to the best yep. two players on the field for Newcastle. The halves were okay for Canberra, but as I said, they need to really work on some, some setting up some ball playing for their outside backs. Starling and Young were good, and Tarpane was the best player on the field. I thought uh, Tarpane and Whiten were Canberra's best players on the field, but mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Well. Um, could you imagine sitting here a month ago and saying this Raiders versus Knights game in round 23 will but a far and away undisputedly be the second best game of the round? Crazy. But there you go. also, I'm not going to go on a, a whole Canberra rant tonight. So unfortunately, um, my biggest talking points, um, <laughs> my biggest memorable moments not going to be repeated again this week. But all I'm going to say about that whole thing is um, Canberra had to claw their way back in the second half to beat the team that's apparently been in a shambles for the past month at least. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it seems like they're, they're very easily going to win. I've still got concerns on games. them. <laughs> so, <laughs> like they... This game should have probably killed off their finals chances. They're still alive, but I've got serious concerns. Even if they do somehow scrape into the eight, the they'll just get belted. They might, they might have to put 50 on the Tigers last round, so that well, could be game one. Well, <laughs> be chasing I, the clock. I think literally at this point, um, all that needs to happen is Souths beat the Cowboys next week, I think. If Brisbane, no, Brisbane, 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 Brisbane are in trouble. If we need Brisbane, Brisbane well, to lose the two games. I could see Brisbane beating Parra, but anyway. Um, mm. I just, yep, not too much else to say. The, the players who have been turning up all year for these two average clubs both turned up, uh, turned up in this one as well. More so in the first half for Newcastle with your Clemens and your Braley's, as you mentioned. And more so in the second half for your Tarpanese Papalese and Whiten had a, a great game uh, as well for Canberra. And that's sort of what got it done in mm. the end. It was, it, and again, whilst it was the second best game of the, of the round, I don't think it was particularly a, a high quality game, put it that way, but definitely no. an, an entertaining game. Definitely least, which entertaining. Which struggled for a bit this week. Uh, three to three to Tarpanese, two. Oh. Two to Brayley. I'm always going to go yeah. one to Clemmer, but we can come over I gave Brayley three points. I thought he was ooh, easily ooh, the best player ooh, in the field, in a, even in a losing team. Um, he made his 40-odd tackles again, as he always does, and was fantastic in getting uh, the Knights in the good field position when they did uh, start the game. But Yeah, why not? Yeah, and then I had Tapane with two and Clemmer with one. All right, but, I'm fine with that. Dolly? Yeah. Cool. Uh, we've got some pot plant action going on here. Big, it's around like it was. Oh. We're in the nursery section this round. So, um, I think we're I think we're at um, Flower Power on um, yeah on what's your road that the name's got me across from the, <laughs> Northern, the road. Yeah, Northern road yeah. for the even local to Penis. Hey, mm. there's a whole lot going on here. Um, I'll give it. I'll go on. I'll give it to Paulo because I declared it game one of the round, and but there's been a lot of shit going since. I don't want to feel like I'm piling on, but. Probably cost them the game. Uh, and just a bonus one, Absolutely. though, for, Mo- for Moses and Boy. Like, what in the hell? Yeah. What, what? He was actually worse last week. Somehow he ends up with the ball in the fifth tackle so often <laughs> and then just, like, kicks it to someone's foot or gets tackled or fuck knows. But um, he was at it again this – well, he only played 20 minutes this week, actually. But um, I, it was just a hangover from all last week. I didn't bag him, so I thought I'd bag him this week. <laughs> Ollie? Well, for me – the pot plant in the pot plants mm. was Ken Mamalo. Just, <laughs> he, he, he was just 
there. Ever seen a winger get injured more? He leaves the field every week. Every week. No, if he used to when he played for the Tigers. Kyle Felt would be second on the list, but um, <laughs> no, if he used to. But Mamalo, I've but, never seen a bloke get injured every game. Yeah. Every game. And, and I do feel bad as well, pot planning someone who did get injured. So they didn't necessarily get the chance. Nah, but, he, Mumbai, so but he was not offering anything wow. to that point at all. Barn? Well, I've got two, so you can... Make one the slap, one the pot plant. Make up your own mind. Okay. <laughs> Two Marie Martin for the Broncos was horrendous considering how he's come back in and taken Tessie New's spot. Uh, missed a whole heap of tackles. He just wasn't getting involved, was not interested whatsoever. And Adam Clune for the Dragons. For a bloke who was going quite well there, uh, you know, 12 months ago, he has absolutely disappeared off the face of the earth. He did not look interested. It didn't look like he, even when he did try to do something, he had any skill about him to be able to do anything whatsoever and was a big part of a team that fucking actually won <laughs> he did sweet fuck all so I've got to um, I've got to slap myself this week hold on right Let me just quickly <laughs> as Daggy finds his hold on no I don't know the sounds in here it's fine you can have a cricket alright I did have him but then I rebooted it all anyway go well, yeah, I'm going to slap myself because on last week's preview, I thought, oh, I'll be bold. I'll go the extra length. Not only in the the Storm Broncos game did I tip a, a, a first try scorer, scoreline and a winner. I went and said that Jerome Hughes <laughs> would kick the winning match field winning goal. field goal. Yes. And I kind of wished he just kicked one for fun at half time, so you could at least say it's like, well... He got one. He, he got one, and it was like, you know, he could have won in the game. You never knew. If Brisbane started to come back at that point, it, it was like a real big... um, uh, a big field goal. But no, nah, then I just... Uh, I shouldn't, unless it's the annual bowl prediction show, I'm banning myself from going that extra mile. No, you always that go extra, extra mile. But, gonna, but it's always wrong. I'm going to slap... Online geeks who want to yeah. bag people and online, like Absolutely. listen to our show instead, where we bag people online. But don't go and bag death threats and shit. Like, how dumb are you? Honestly, what sort of human being? Are yeah, you I'll double down them? with that one as well. Yeah. And the Raiders people. with their season on the line to come out and let Newcastle physically dominate them for the first forty minutes of forty. Yeah, zero intent. And last, and actually, I want to slap South for the same thing. Yeah. They had, they could have had Penrith on the ropes, and they came out and just did not go back to what I hope. It's more of a. a a wake-up slap, like, hey, yeah. you, you know what you're doing. You're doing it right. Why the fuck would you not keep doing it? So I went on about Canberra last week. You slapped him this week. Next week. Yeah, I'll find a reason. Yeah. All right, who are you <laughs> saluting, Ollie? Who am I saluting? Well, sorry, I was too busy thinking about all these teams that suck, mm-hmm. including Canberra, um, that I, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to do the very easy one because I couldn't think of one, but the Roosters. Got to salute the Roosters. Putting 72 points. Actually, no, I'm going to do oop, one specifically because I've just been reminded of one. Nat Butcher, because I believe he is the first forward for the Roosters to score four tries in a game since 1935, ooh, I think ooh, the right stat on. was. I saw it today at Channel 9 put it up. I think it was 35. It was 30-something. So I'm going to salute a couple of you. I'm going to salute MTV, who became a... Softcore porn channel so quickly I didn't even realise. <laughs> it happened look. a long time yeah, ago, my friend. My God, what is happening? The last half hour. Anyway, I'm going to salute uh, Claudio Castagnoli and uh, Kanosuke Takashita, 
who uh, had an outstanding match that I watched instead of the second half of the Tigers game. (laughs) And I'm going to go anyway to see that, former Cesaro. And I'm going to salute um, Nelson Asafa Solomona, who has been absolutely tremendous for the last month and uh, was again this week. Just um, being the monster he should be. Um, I, I like how the, the rugby league related salute was the, the third and final one. Yeah. Yes. Well, I went with Butcher. And then boobs I went, on the TV, Oliver. <laughs> I went with that Butcher and Ollie stole that. So I went oh, with sorry. Nelson and then you stole on that. <laughs> so I'm going with my man, Nico. You could, well, can you, yeah, can you ask a fucking bloke turn up, play his first year halfback and do what he's done? I fucking oh, it's, it's Barney Cronulla. Tremendous. 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 Joking, he's going to be And you know how many, how many yes. players in the comp would get signed to play halfback having never played halfback? Not many. Well, someone will sign Jackson Hastings as a halfback because apparently we don't want him as a halfback. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end this. Nice early. What, yeah, what time is it? It's 8.54. Not even 9 o'clock. Been a pleasure to talk about. No. Let's no, go. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> to the bar. Um, RugbyLeagueMerch.com. <laughs> yep. Check them out. Buy some shirts. Uh, and uh, we'll be back Wednesday night. Follow us on the socials. Back Wednesday night to do a preview of whatever geek's going to be beaten by so far next week. Um, and maybe even a winner or two. Uh, and we have to, there has to be another salute. Uh, Dane and Kerr yes. has won the Footy and Frothies comp draft as I get oh. distracted by people draft ogling comp. me. Yes. Um, they're only human after all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Dane has won the draft and we head into the final where Dane holds the Belton Classic. It does. Absolutely against two does. You. No, I got beaten. So it's Stu who's S. S. I'm not Stu. sure who Stu is, but he he put up 1,580 this week, which mm. Dana would have beaten by about four points, I think. So Ooh. it looks Game like we're going to have so an absolute cracker of a, a final. Undisputed champion, yeah. hold all three belts. Uh, so good luck to him. We will talk about all that and more on our preview show. Uh, take care, guys, and uh, we'll be back to talk more footy Wednesday night. Bye-bye. <laughs>